Welcome to the Dare to Care podcast, brought to you by HR Culture. And now here's your host, Susan Judd. Welcome everyone. I'm Susan Judd and this is the Dare to Care podcast. If this isn't your first episode listening, you may already know that this season I'm interviewing women in leadership and gaining their perspectives on their experiences in the workplace and what they believe are the key skills for success that will assist our Generation Zs and in particular our young women to transition and bring value to our workplaces. For many years, I've worked with employers and leaders in business to enhance and amplify their leadership skills to build more effective and productive workplaces. Doing that through improving communication, human connection, and really having courage. During this time, it became apparent that we needed to really invest in helping our youth, our current generation Z, to better transition from school to work by developing their work readiness skills, to really provide them with the opportunity to reach their potential, including an area I'm really passionate about, emotional intelligence. Why am I passionate about emotional intelligence? Because emotional intelligence is all about how we effectively and intelligently interpret our negative emotions, those feelings like stress, frustration, disappointment, annoyance, anger, and so on, to enhance how we make decisions, how we behave, and ultimately how we perform, whether that's at work or at home. Leadership is not only about the strategic and tactical and operational aspects of planning, organising and managing a team, but it's so much about how we make people feel, our team, our colleagues, our customers, everybody we interact with, and how that inspires and influences those people to in turn be more considered and more courageous in their own behaviour, decision-making and performance. And so, as I've mentioned before, this is the ultimate purpose of the Dare to Care podcast, to provide information, advice and perspective on how we can all work just that little bit more effectively, taking into account the perspective of other people towards a future that is enhanced through EI and for employers who are there to create environments that engage and help our younger workers reach their potential and perhaps provide some important and broad insights for our younger workers to assist them to navigate the workplace with communication, courage and care. And so today, as always, I'll be asking my guests the same five questions as I've asked my previous guests, so draw, so thereby drawing out the best of what our ladies in leadership have to offer us. We will be asking our female guests each episode this season about the challenges they've experienced in the workplace. We'll also be asking them about their most memorable moments from the workplace, what they've learned about employer expectations at work, what they see is the critical skills that are needed for the future of work so that hopefully this will inform our listeners about how they can build those skills around the future of work. And we're also going to be asking them, I'm also going to be asking them about their best advice from other um, that they have for young women and young people in general who are entering the workplace. So I'm really pleased today to have a lady by the name of Erin Evans with me to interview. Erin is the co-founder and director of Firesoft People. Erin was born in Canada and is now living and working in Australia. Erin actually operates a couple of different businesses, the first being, as I've mentioned, being Firesoft People, um, which is a national multi-award winning IT and digital recruitment company. 
but she also has co-founded another organisation called Intelligent. Now, Intelligent is a national analytics and insights consulting company. I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, that delivers, they deliver a full cycle, they deliver full cycle projects across business intelligence, AI and machine learning that is currently partnering with some of Australia's largest consumer-focused organisations. With these sorts of business operations, she's not only leading ops, but she's also leading people and working with those people to place people into client organisations. There was a lot of people there, wasn't there? So her perspectives on our younger workers, what she's learned during her time in the workplace, and given the work she's doing with AI and machine learning, her ideas on the critical skills in the workplace I am very much looking forward to. So without further ado, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to Erin Evans for joining us on today's episode. How thank are you today, Erin? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Erin, we're here today to ask you five questions about your views and perspectives of leadership mm -hmm. and your experiences of the workplace and any advice that you've got for Generation Z, our young people coming into our workplaces, leaving school and coming into our workplaces, both from school and from university. But before we get into asking you those, starting to ask you those five questions, Erin, can I please start by asking you to tell us just a little bit about yourself and your businesses? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Erin Evans. Um, you may be able to tell I'm not Australian. <laughs> I am uh, Canadian-born Australian adoptee, I like to say. Um, I have been in Australia, oh, look, nearly 12 years now. Um, I kind of fell into living here as many, many people do. I met my now husband over in Europe and um, decided to make the jump. Uh, he came from kind of a strange background I was very very interested in being a physiotherapist or a medical doctor I went through university to do that and then I landed myself in a franchise ownership position <laughs> which is very random but I did that to pay for my university uh, and then quickly realized I absolutely loved business and so I kind of decided to flip it I finished my uni and then thought you know what this is interesting. I love business. Now what? Now what do I do? Um, so I took some time off, as you do when you're at a crossroads, and I met my husband in Europe. And then, of course, my world changed all over again uh, and decided to move to Australia. So I landed in Australia. Uh, yeah, Massive a little move. bit. I, do you know what's funny? When I was that age, so I was 21 when I moved here, and everyone in Canada was like, oh, my God, you're going across to the other side of the world. And I was like, yeah, I am. What do you mean? Like, it was nothing to me. It was sort of like, well, if it doesn't work, then I just come back, of course. <laughs> like, I yeah, like an adventure. Yeah, it's an adventure. You, you're that age, and I think you just, you know, the world is your oyster. So uh, looking back now, yes, it was a, a big move. But I landed in uh, Sydney, of course. That's where he lived. And I kind of started to decide how I was going to attack my life in Australia. And I landed into recruitment. Um, I think anyone who's in recruitment knows you don't necessarily find your way to recruitment unless you fall into it <laughs> and yeah. I did I came with a very strong sales background through owning the franchise um, and then I was recruited and hired as a recruiter um, in technology so I really didn't think that I was going to do technology I was very much you know against it in fact I thought I don't really know tech and how can I recruit in it if I don't know it so I took a bit of a leap of faith and I loved it um, yeah. after about Four years in doing that, I decided, oh my goodness, you know what, I really miss business. I miss 
running the show. I miss creating. I miss all the creative aspects of that. I've done business ownership before, but not in recruitment. But you know what? Why not? I'll try. Uh, yeah, so I wow. opened my own recruitment business with my business partner, who was actually my manager at the time. Um, we have been running for, so that is Firesoft People. That's the name of the business. Um, we've been running for nine years now. Um, and I was just sort of talking a little bit about my relatively new venture, which is um, consulting, uh, technology consulting. It's come off the back of a technology recruitment. Um, I have fallen in love with AI and machine learning and the incredible um, technology that's available at the moment, just in terms of consumer behavior and people, but from a machine perspective it's fascinating so that business is called intelligent and just saying we were just about to release formally to the world before covid uh but we will be doing that you know in a couple couple months once we kind of calm down okay so that one hasn't taken so can people find that one look yeah. they can through me and so it's actually we, the clients we've developed uh in the intelligent business right now and the ones that we have currently running and, and thriving to be honest um have all come off the back of the original business which was firesoft so they yeah. kind of knew us initially um as firesoft and now they know us as intelligent so there is no public ip on that yet it's all in development mode on the back end somewhere secret <laughs> for now okay because so i'm thinking that all of that background of um the recruitment um in and in the tech field too where everybody's so skilled right there's yeah. you know high level of actual hands-on skill and technical savvy I guess um, in that industry um, and so that um, you know that I'm, I'm waiting to hear about the divergence of that with soft skills <laughs> it really is excited, <laughs> really excited to hear about that so um, I'm, I'm hoping that kind of comes out there you go I'll just put the pressure on you now um, <laughs> So let's start with your first question, which is, Erin, what are some of the challenge you've ex challenges that you've experienced in the workplace? Yeah, so look, I think mine, um, interestingly, will be probably positioned between being an employee and then, of course, owning a business. And, and those can be very, very different. Um, when I first landed, of course, in Australia, I didn't know what Commonwealth Bank was. I didn't know what superannuation was. I literally came here, <laughs> a fresh-faced Canadian, having never done full, true corporate life before, um, wondering what the you know heck was happening. And so I really had to, I was thrown into the washing machine. I was thrown into a position where I didn't know, of course, technology, which is was the language that I was speaking daily. Uh, I didn't know the, the, the function of recruitment or the actual practice. And... I didn't know Australia. <laughs> so for me, it was a very, very big challenge. It was a, I remember the first couple of weeks <laughs> coming back from the office and crying to my, at that point, boyfriend uh, and saying, oh my goodness, what have I signed up for? Like, what have I done? And, you know, this is, this is beyond what I feel my brain is capable of handling right now. And, you know, taking all the technical knowledge in, but also taking all of these subliminal and um, subliminal that's the word uh, but, but the people stuff and the culture stuff and yeah okay it's still English speaking country but it's different in the way that business is conducted um, in Canada it is very formal it is very corporate it's very um, nearly uh, dare I say stuffy it's, it's not but it's, it's very very PC in Australia <laughs> very different in a corporate environment as compared to Canadian uh, operations people would often say oh loosen up just relax you know you've got this like 
don't, don't, you don't need to be so uh, professional about your approach. And, you know, I, I had to very quickly learn um, a new way of interacting with people. And it was incredibly challenging. I am in technology and it's an incredibly male dominated industry as well. Um, so not only the people I was recruiting and my clients, they were male dominated, but of course my peers, they were also very, you know, male oriented. Um, so as a woman in that space, um, you know, I really had to find my voice um, and, and understand where I could kind of utilize my own strengths as a woman. Um, and, and that took a while. That definitely took a while. You know, I think there was a lot of tenacity and I don't, historically, I just don't quit. <laughs> Maybe sometimes for better or for worse, I just don't quit. I, I really kind of flush things out before I make a decision. And I think that was probably a big, big one for me to go through um, to come out the other side and start to love it and absolutely thrive. Um, so that would be the employee one. Um, as I developed as certainly a recruiter and in the technology domain, um, I certainly became more confident. I understood the interpersonal interactions and more of the cultural side of Australia and corporate Australia. And that sort of changed the way um, I felt about myself and certainly the way I felt capable. Um, so after about five years in that corporate environment, I made the, uh, the move into starting a business. Um, that was scary, of course, in itself, not, you know, your safety net's gone at that point. You know, we, my business partner and I decided to <laughs> lease an office from day one. We said, you know, if this is going to be a business, this is going to be a business and we are not going to be in our, you know, and, and many many great businesses have started out of garages. But for us, we needed that pressure. We needed to ensure that, yeah, okay, we have overheads to cover. Like this is happening. There's no, there's no plan B. Um, and so as that developed, I, I realized, okay, we have a business of two. I'm not leading anyone. I'm not responsible for anyone. So I did a lot of self growth and development. And there were certainly challenges there. There's always that imposter syndrome. You know, you've just started a business. Who are you? Like, do you even know what you're talking about? Um, that was a very, very common thread for the first three or four years at least um, and building up my self-worth and knowing my value. Then when we got employees and team members, that was a whole other conversation, you know, just in terms of leading and, um, you know, providing an environment for them to thrive and operate in um, an open door environment. So not only was I practicing recruitment and fully doing the work, but then I suddenly had to find time to, manage and support and guide and lead and you know that was a big lesson in I think time management and prioritization for me um, so there's a lot of big challenges in there and I think I've been very very lucky to have some incredible leaders in my life and probably you know I know a lot of people say look um, I've learned about the things I didn't want to do as a leader I, I think I've taken the opposite whereas I've and maybe it's my rose colored I've got a very a spirited personality and that I tend to see the best in people but I've taken all the good things and I really wanted to there was a quite a high bar for me um, to be a good leader and to inspire people and to provide them an environment to thrive um, and to take responsibility for their success to say hey look I need you to tell me what you need from me to be the best that you can possibly be um, and that was very very challenging um, while trying to maintain the operations and the financial um, of the business yeah it's kind of the juggle isn't it the 
very much so. When you're a business, as you know, when you're a business owner, you've got like 12 different hats that you're trying to wear. You know, yes, you're trying to be the leader and the encourager and the inspirer, but you're also trying to manage the books and manage the marketing and, you know, get all the IT support required. You know, there's, it's just, it's any business owner anywhere will be nodding their heads, right? A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely so overwhelming there's a couple of things you've said in both the employee section and the employer challenges the first thing that you said that I underlined was find my voice and you said it as an employee like you had to really find your voice and I think it's really timely because as I've just been explaining to you off air um, we're running a program called ignite your voice so we're really trying to work with women to um, in you know, to give them the confidence to find their voice. So can you tell me a little bit about how you did that? Like what yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, look, I think the, the key is it's all tied to your um, definition of success and achievement. And for me, it was about understanding my own personal value and where my strengths were. So before, you know, kind of mastering my trade um, because of course it was very new and technology was not my language I really had to identify what my skills and strengths were um, and that was oh, it was a really challenging process I think you know women are um, probably less and I say this from experience and I know there's scientific you know backing of this but women are probably less likely to um, identify strengths quicker and men, you know, go the other way <laughs> uh, often, not a rule, but often. And I think we, you know, so, so I identified that and, and, you know, I'd had people around me telling me, oh, you're really great at this. You're really great at that. And so I started to go, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to think about, okay, is that, does that hold truth for me? Do I feel like that actually is um, something I am good at? And so I started to solicit that feedback. Um, I spoke with leaders in the team. I spoke with peers. I spoke with my partner. I spoke with family members. Um, and so I started to build up that sense of actually, no, you know what? I am good at these specific things. Um, and in doing that, I, I kind of armored myself up with that knowing that, okay, I might be really crap at knowing my technology stack. I do not know back end from front end right now. That's fine. But I do know, <laughs> I do know that um, I can communicate with people. I do know that I can have a conversation that's very authentic. I know that I can, and all these things that suddenly I felt value in and I felt like I was giving value to the company. And so in that process, I was unable to find my voice and identify, okay, this is my idea now of success. And though I might know, you know, not know rather my, my technology, I do know these things and I am successful in those components. I have things to work on, yes, but then I felt confident to speak up and find my voice in, in that corporate kind of arena. Great answer. <laughs> I've had so many notes. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody else is taking notes. It's been a journey. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, fabulous. Really great because I think that, you know, there's so many of us out there that um, don't feel self-confident and we doubt our abilities and we doubt um, the value we can bring. And I love how you went out and sought feedback. You actually mm. asked people um, what they thought you were good at what they saw and I think that's really important part of understanding and building our own self-awareness is how other people see us and perceive us so mm. I love that the other the other bit I underlined the other words I underlined 
which is really interesting because now we're talking employer, um, is imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah. in some ways, isn't it? Oh, it's so linked. It's so linked. It's just a different field. It's just a different playing field, isn't it? Um, I had, oh, look, I would say a good five years in business where I would put other either business owners or people that I deemed to be successful or people that I would love to be like, and I would put them on a pedestal and I would say, oh my goodness, look at this person. Look what they've achieved. Look at all the things that they have done and their accolades and wow, I could never be as good as them. And what am I even doing in the same room or at the same table as this person? Oh, wow. Just be quiet. Sit there and listen. And um, uh, it it, it happened over a progression of years. And so I think it's really important to acknowledge that imposter syndrome, it will probably always be there um, in some frame or form. But it, it kind of, as you start to get to know these people, and this is probably the secret sauce for me, I got to know them a little bit more. And I started to realize, my goodness, they are human. They have a support network behind them. They have all these things that they've really worked hard, but they also have the challenges and the insecurities and the feelings of being inadequate, just like I do too. And wow, actually, instead of putting them on a pedestal, they're now level and I can learn from them. And not to say one's better than the other, um, but we're just different and we've come from different angles. And so I feel as though as I develop as a human and as I start to really dig into my own insecurities and, you know, anywhere I show up or anything that I do that I feel a little bit of a grit of uncertainty or um, perhaps just uncomfortable um, feelings, I go, oh, that could be learning. What's there? What is that? Um, as opposed to going, gosh, shut down. I'm not good enough. That's an opportunity now for learning. And I think that just develops as you're more and more in tune with what's going on in your head and, and what that voice is saying. Yeah, I love that because that's now you're talking about the skill of self-awareness, aren't you? That whole competency mm. around thinking about my reactions to things and then trying to understand them better and pinpoint how I can, you know, be better. Totally, yeah. Yeah, love it. Okay, because I think, you know, I, I actually, when you were talking, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how I feel because even after so long in business, um, you still have those. You still have those incidences where you feel like an imposter. Completely. You, and I don't. I'm not. I'm, I wonder. And it's probably a question for a male uh, a guest that I have. Is do they feel that? Because oh, I don't, yes. I, I don't know. Maybe you do because you interview lots of them. <laughs> so you might know a whole lot more than me. But I'm wondering if because I know lots of women feel imposter syndrome. Completely. I think um, it's a different. Is it a gender Look, I think there is definitely um, uh, an impetus towards women going, oh, gosh, I, I feel as though I'm not meant to be here. I'm not good enough to be yeah, here. I'm not good enough. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, and I do feel men, um, and I've, I've, I've experienced this and they've expressed this. Of course, you know, we do a lot of consulting and, and you know, when men are going for an interview, they're in a vulnerable position. So yeah. keeping that as, as a bit of a framework for this answer, but they do feel it. They definitely do feel it. It's, it's presented in different ways. I think women are more authentic to talk about it and more authentic to be real with it, whereas I feel as though men see it as a weakness and so it doesn't get discussed as much. It, it more comes across as either an unwillingness to try new things, an inability to communicate um, how they're feeling and therefore work it out, um, but it definitely is in there. It just expresses, I find, differently. Yeah, okay. Great answer. Thank you. Food for thought. I hope everybody's thinking the same way I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I've got so much to think about. 
Okay, let's move on to question two. Thank you so much for that answer. Um, question two is for you to tell us about your most memorable moment in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. And it's so funny. It was when I was an employee, actually. And I was probably 12 to 15 months into my recruitment um, career and I was sitting down with my manager who I really respected at the time and, and um, it was a company that was very, very strict in terms of the targets and the um, sort of daily activity we were responsible for and just really held high standards for their staff. And this company was quite well known for um, maintaining only the best people. And I remember sitting down with him. Um, something had happened in my family back in Canada. And I was asking for two weeks to go back to, to see them. And I remember thinking to myself, my goodness, it's just been Christmas. I do not have the time. Um, I have been performing and I've been, you know, high performing at that. But could this be, could this impact? What are the, what are the optics on this? And, you know, no, I know I won't lose my job over it, but what are the optics? And what does this mean from a political standpoint? I went into that room terrified, um, terrified of crying because of what had been going on, terrified of showing emotion, terrified of showing weakness. Um, and I sat down and I was so vulnerable in that moment thinking, my goodness, I could just be completely rocked, you know, walked all over at this point to be met with such deep compassion. I will never forget it. I will never forget it. This was a male, a very um, strong, dominant male in the industry, someone who was well known for being quite um, fair, but tough. Yeah. And I was met with such deep compassion in that moment. And I cannot tell you, it is, it has lasted through the years as what I always want to be for people who come to me with anything. Um, it, it, you know, it's funny because he's now my business partner. So I'm sure if he listens back to this, he'll laugh and say, Oh, how funny. I remember that too, but very differently. Um, yes. but, <laughs> but you know, it, it's incredible how, how, when you, you do have those moments that stand out, that really formulated a huge piece of lead with compassion for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, big one. I love that because, um, so much of what, so much of what we certainly in the work that I do in educating around emotional intelligence and trying to build competency and behavior, new behaviors or enhanced amplified behaviors is that understanding of the way you make people feel is leaves a legacy. It really does leave a legacy. So what's the emotion? What's the way you're making somebody feel? Because what he, he made you feel a certain way and it's lasted, it's lasted mm. and lasted and it's impacted your behavior. That's the way you treat and lead. Completely. So, Massive. Mm. It's Huge. So, it's so, you know, it's so fundamental to how we understand how we interact with people is the way we make them feel. So Completely. That's the, that's the bit that stays. It is. And I think that is the magic sort of secret sauce, they might call it, of, of you know, whether it be leadership or just interpersonal connection. Yeah. You know, it is about that. It's about that ability to connect with somebody on a level that leaves them feeling like, you know, they've got something from it and they feel something from it um, and, and that it, it's, a, it's a safe space and a safe environment and that can be transactional. It can be, you know, even coffee, getting a coffee, but, you know, yeah. how do you leave that? Totally. And, and hmm. It's like, yeah, it's that. It's actually what you said, connection, human connection, that ability mm. to be really human and, and, and support you through your vulnerability. Completely. Okay. 
Great memorable moment. I love it. I love it. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to question three. What have you learned? And this is really going to be really interesting because you've got kind of, again, the employee and the employer, but you've also got clients you're working with and people mm. you're trying to place in those organisations. So it's kind of multi-pronged, I guess, this question. You can answer it how you like. What have you learned about employer expectations and what they're after? Oh, goodness. So, so much. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it has completely different filters. Um, you know, when I, when I start talking about my um, early career as an employee, I had, had, uh, had been lucky, I suppose, to have had um, an early entrance into the working world. I, I don't know if entrepreneurship is built into my being. <laughs> I was out, you know, bake sales and hitting the streets for charity and all the above in the middle of the Canadian winters, very, very young. And I got a sense for wanting to get into the working world early. And so I did. Um, and so I had a, a number of employee um, relationships. And so I think the key for me during that early, early entrance was to um, Think about how I best can add value to that business um, and think about what is it that they, yes, I have a job description. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. I do have a job description, but how can I go above and beyond? I, again, I think I'm lucky in that I've got sort of a high performance mentality built in and whether that's nature or nurture, that's another discussion, but it kind of. <laughs> I'm sure we could go on for a while about that yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely framed a lot of my thinking around um, adding value to wherever it was I, I started my career as a checkout chick at Zares which is effectively the Woolies equivalent in Canada and you know for me it was about I want to get people through really quickly they've got screaming kids they want to get out of the store I want to have a quick chat with them you know engage that feedback if I do have a lot of you know, people who really want to have a chat, then I'll go above and beyond and find out, you know, about who they are. If they're quiet, I'll be quiet. And so I learned a little bit about mirroring at that point and understanding people. And, you know, I think that early entrance really, really helped. And so I was on a lot of my early days jobs, uh, acknowledged for great consumer uh, and customer care and the people piece and doing the job and doing the, you know, the job description, but going above and beyond to add value to the business that would help yeah. the brand that would help you know, the, the, the experience, it's all about the customer. Customer experience, um, yeah. Always. Um, you know, and then when I moved into a leadership role and certainly through the franchise, I learned a lot about um, leading. I was leading a team of 20 and it was a, a very different sort of story to that, which is, again, for probably another day, but it, it taught me about then leadership. And, you know, I think prior to that first experience with leadership, I just sort of thought, okay, well, a leader is somebody who, points you know the ship in the right direction and they help everyone get there and and you know it was very very kind of um mechanical or robotic for me it was sort of okay well clearly that's what leaders do we just motivate and we we leave from the front and we do the hard yards and yes that's all great fantastic and I realized how challenging that is and you know I think as soon as I then stepped into that leadership role I went oh my goodness my employees don't know what to do yeah. how do they not know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what has happened here and you know I was an employee and I just took it on my back to do the job and then they add the value and da 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 da, da. and you know it, it was that moment of ah oh, I have to communicate that and ah oh, my previous managers they did communicate that too um and so it was it was an incredible I think oh, just just a mind 
uh, expanding sort of moment when I went, oh goodness, okay, now this is what I need to do. I need to lead, but lead with direction, lead with clarity, lead with purpose. Um, you know, and, and that was obviously a very early entrance into the leadership um, realm. You know, as you will know from the conversation before we started recording, I've just come out of one of my end of financial year performance and development plans uh, meetings. And, you know, it's that time of year, we're sitting down with people, we're really getting into the nitty gritty. Um, and I've had the very fortunate, um, I suppose, you know, experience or ability to engage with a number of business owners who all do their end of financial years very, very differently. Um, and had feedback recently on ours. And they were like, whoa, there's nothing about actual job stuff in there. It's all like personal stuff. I was like, yep, that's kind of where it starts. And it was fascinating how uh, over the years, I've really built up a, a framework for humans aren't machines. Yes, I deal with machine learning and AI. And it's even more apparent yeah. now that humans are not machines. And we are driven by values. We're driven by purpose. We're driven by a very unique set of filters that we approach the world with and if we can get the combinations of people right and get them doing the right job with the clear expectations and clear outcomes and direction they will be on fire and so that's sort of you know I guess now my retrospective <laughs> perspective of being a leader um, after that many years of figuring it out <laughs> yeah okay that's awesome because I've written purpose clarity direction values, <laughs> right job, clear outcomes direction <laughs> awesome lots of, <laughs> lots of great tips there for our listeners is there anything mm. specific when you're recruiting people for your own team that you look for yeah definitely I it's funny um I was asked this just the other day because we are looking at sort of building a team and I really really truly feel discipline clarity and self-exploration or self-acknowledgement or self-awareness whatever word you want to use for it but understanding themselves I think you can literally coach anyone that has self-awareness and understanding of their own drives and values um, if they don't have a technical know-how that's okay there's stuff in there that we can do to train that but I think if they're not coachable or they're not leadable and they don't have a, a humble enough approach to um, their journey and their growth um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about growth mindset, you know, maybe yeah. a word to, to Google. It, it, it's, that encompasses it for me, really. Yeah. Okay, love it. Because it's really important for our young listeners to hear the, the sorts of things that they need to be considering when they're going for, um, for, for work placement or for, for work opportunities, that building some of these skills is really important to employers. You know, things like mm -hmm. self-awareness or self-acknowledgement that I love how you said they need to be coachable. So this willingness to learn um, mm. and try and, and to have that growth mindset. So, um, mm. and, and you also said humble and I... You know, it's really interesting because um, so humility is a is not easy for everybody. Totally, it's it's a journey. And to be honest, you know, for me, I, I put yeah, whether we want to go down sort of the yeah, it's it's not woo woo, but you talk about quieting the ego, and you talk about acknowledging where there is ego, and you talk about um, you know that feeling you get in your stomach when someone says something that might be a bit critical or yeah. it might not, you know rub you the right way or, or you know something that may be well intended that calls you out on something and you have to go oh, okay where does that come from and why am I feeling that grit or that you know disease in in myself what, what's happening here and then you use that as a growth experience and that for me encompasses the, the growth mindset so yeah. you know it is about 
acknowledging that and, and knowing that you don't know everything. And for me, if I know everything, I'm done. Like I, I am going to be bored. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I don't, I don't mind being the dumbest person in the room from time oh, to time. Please, yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> Typically, I feel he's the imposter syndrome. I often feel that all the time. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So let's move on. What do you believe then? Because it, we've kind of gone into it a little bit. I think. What do you see as the critical skills that are needed for the future? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think we are in such a dynamic particularly now, I mean, if, <laughs> if anywhere, any time rather um, in history right now, we are needing to be flexible and needing to be dynamic. We are required to um, adapt to change at a very, very fast pace. You know, two weeks ago, we were all working from home in the corporate world. Now we're on a roster schedule. Next week, we're going to be all in. Who knows what's going to happen after that? You know, humans, we yeah. don't love change. And I think yeah. to acknowledge that and to be okay with that, then to you know, so, sort of understand, okay, well, what, how can I overcome that? And how can I make it as comfortable as possible, but to acknowledge that I do need to be flexible, and I do need to kind of, you know, move with um, the way things are working, uh, and required of me, uh, as things change. Technology, of course, that's my domain, I know how fast that's changing, you know, adaptability, um, underpinning, I think a lot of that is resilience, you know, we've all just been through a very, very challenging time. Um, one of the, the most powerful things that we did just before COVID, which was actually planned prior to COVID, uh, was our whole team did a, an eight-day resilience course. And I cannot tell you how um, impactful that was and how that changed people's way of operating and digesting uh, being in the midst of COVID and being required to produce the way that they had prior to COVID or pre-COVID uh, without all the tools, without all the environment, without being surrounded by the people that they enjoy working with, face-to-face um, -face connection. You know, you and I were just talking about a lot of that. And it, it, it gave them tools to then rely on because we, we aren't, we don't know everything. I think sometimes we really have to seek out knowledge to um, grow and expand our ability and our capacity, but then practice that and put it into play. Yeah. It's one thing to know it, uh, where COVID's given us that opportunity to really practice that. Yeah, absolutely. I think your timing was, even though you maybe didn't know it at the time, yep. your timing was perfect, wasn't it? Oh, gosh, that, was the plan that was the planets aligning right there. I think it was, yes, definitely. It was incredible timing. It was literally the last week that we were in the office and the facilitator came in, so it could not have been better. And, you know, I look back and I think, geez, how incredible um, to have had that at the time. Wow. But I think oh, truly resilience and um yeah, and, and the, just the self-awareness piece, um, but also the thirst, right? You know, I think there's an element of we can't go doing what we hate doing, you know, and, and yeah, you can for a while, but, you know, if there isn't passion behind it and you don't, you know, find that spark and that, that fire, you know, it's a part of where Firesoft, the name of my company comes from, is that, you know, it, that has to be there. Um, even as a, as a team member or a business owner, stuff gets hard. And that's the fire that pushes you through. So if you don't have that, um, it may not be worthwhile pursuing and, and yeah. you know, continue to find what it is that does light you up. Definitely. Continue to search, right? Because I think, that, I think that, um, you know, some people are blessed to find their passion early and some mm. people it takes them half their life and some people never find it. Completely. You know? Because uh, maybe their choices aren't um, av choices aren't available to them as they age, but I think mm. it's it's great. 
I mean, I know we're kind of moving into advice, but I think it's great advice <laughs> to find <laughs> something that you're really passionate about, but you might not find it first go. You might not find it straight away. Um, 100%. Especially important is- for young people to understand that, you know, sometimes you've just got to get into the workplace and it works itself out. You work oh. out what you love once you get there. Totally. I mean, I think my example of going into university and spending countless a number of dollars on a degree, a science degree, and then ending up in business, I mean, far out. That took a while to come around to and digest and go, huh, the thing that I thought I loved that I was going to do for the next 30 years and spent this much money on actually isn't the thing that genuinely lights the fire. The business thing does. And okay, I'm going to have to come to terms with that and then jump all in. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, excellent. I think it's a really important message for our young people because so many young people are either coming out of school or coming out of university and they've got this idea of what they are going to enjoy and they are searching for that. But actually sometimes it happens, it just evolves as you expose yourself to different um, workplaces or, or, or roles um, that you find mm-hmm. maybe it's entirely different to what you anticipated. So it's keeping yeah. that, again, it's that growth mindset, isn't it? It totally is. I used to joke with my parents and my dad, this is before I came to Australia and surfing was even a thing, but, you know, I always used to call it riding the waves. And I think, again, nature or nurture, you know, there's something in me that really kind of goes, you know what, I'm going to ride the wave of what I love to do and I will follow that path wherever that leads me. I may have these preconceived conditions, uh, you know, understandings or perceptions of what that looks like, but you know what, I'm just going to do what I love to do and wherever that lands me, I will continue to do that. Um, there is a lot of pressure coming out of uni to have it all figured out. And my goodness, you're so young in the scheme of things and you're, you're developing as a human. You're not even, you know, being exposed to everything at that point that you could potentially love. Um, yeah. You know, so I would say truly continue, continue, you know, have that thirst um, and, and get out there and <laughs> really try different things. It's, you yeah. know, you, you never need to lock in. Excellent. Okay, great. Thank you, Erin. Now, lucky last... Our yeah. last question, what's your best advice? Ah, yes. Do you know what? And it, oh, it's kind of a beautiful segue really off the back of um, those two questions. It, it For me, it is don't stop until you do find what you love. And I know it sounds cliche and it's on postcards and all these things, but I truly believe, I truly believe that if you find that fire within yourself, um, it will change and it will mold and it will sometimes die down and then it'll spark back up again. But if you find that sort of common thread of the thing that you love to do, follow that uh, and inevitably success will come off the back of that. People can feel an energy of another human that is genuinely in the spot that they're meant to be in and loves what they do. And when I say meant to be in and loves it, it's the same thing. You know, if you love what you do, you are doing what you're meant to be doing. (laughs) Uh, And that's, not even a question so you know if you find yourself feeling really gritty um and not feeling aligned with what you're doing make some changes and it doesn't mean quitting it doesn't necessarily mean completely trashing it it might mean a small pivot it might mean a bit of a different angle that you approach something from um but it really and and we have these discussions with candidates of course all the time and yes technology is quite um insular in that you when you land yourself in a technology or a specific skill set you know, you, <laughs> you kind of are doing that thing. Um, and it may take you a couple of years to pivot, but 
what they could do is look for different opportunities within that vertical. So maybe it is less of a leadership role. Maybe they just really don't like leading people and they really just want to do their thing. Okay, cool. Um, but it's about breaking that down and understanding what components you love and what you don't. We call it doing uh, a bit of a job or a bit of a life audit around that. So we do those as candidates all the time. It's a fun thing to do. Mm. It's a bit of a deep one, but it does help because it can be a bit of a black, you know, a black cloud that sort of follows you around. You go, what is wrong? Why, why isn't this clicking? Um, Sometimes writing it down and getting it all out certainly helps. Mm. So, if you love what you do, you're do. I wrote it down. <laughs> if you love what you do. You're doing what you're meant to be doing. Um, yeah. But I guess you know this is. I guess it hooks back to what you were saying about resilience too. So yeah. that because if you're doing something that you don't love and you feel down or you feeling you're struggling with that, that's okay to feel that way. But you've got to be do continue to do and try new things and totally um, positive mindset so that you can continue to take opportunities where they come and reflect on your own behaviour. I'm kind of trying to wrap it all up because it's oh, it all plays. It does. It all plays together, doesn't it? And I think there's a really important distinction to be made between um, resilience and doing what you love. I think there's, <laughs> and not to say that this is any particular generation because it's actually my generation, uh, but we, we as, as that generation, we, we've had it pretty easy in fairness. And so when we come up against a, a struggle, we go, ah, might not be for me. I'm out. Yeah. And yeah. actually, it's, that's where the resilience comes into play. And if you can push through and come out the other side and go, oh, yeah, actually, I do love this. There was a couple blips there, and that was actually growth. That wasn't me feeling gritty because I was in the wrong thing. That was just growth. Ah, great. Okay, I'm back where I'm meant to be. Um, again, my husband laughs at me all the time. Sometimes I'll say, oh, things are just a bit too easy right now. You know, like I'm not actually learning. And he's going, seriously, you have a, you're, you're sadistic. Like you need to just be okay with it being okay. And I'm going, look, yes. no, I'm not growing. And so now I'm feeling a bit uneasy. Okay, well, where are the challenges and where do I need to kind of flex my resilience muscles? And so I think as you do kind of fall into the vein of finding what you love, then you can start playing in that domain and start really growing yourself um, and seeking out those challenging experiences because you know you're in the right spot. You're just expanding the borders of your comfort zone. Yep. Love it. Thank you. I said love it a lot because I've taken a page of notes, right? Actually, I've taken two pages. So I think it's great because I love to then kind of think back. I don't think I've done one interview where everybody's, anybody said exactly the same thing. So oh, good. Um, thank you. Awesome. Your, your advice is, was different to the one that I recorded previously and the one before Fabulous. that. So, you know, I think for young people listening and even for mm. their mums, dads, educators or even employers, um, it's really, it's really, and, and employers who might one day be mentors of young people, mm. um, it's mm. really important to think about the different lots of advice, the different sorts of um, predictions on the critical skills that we need mm-hmm. um, and the kind of, you know, your memorable moment was so profound for me mm-hmm. because it's so important for employers to think about how they're making people feel. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, you know, he made you feel back then, and look, you're now business partners, um, mm. he made you feel uh, valued and worthwhile and 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 you were at a really vulnerable, vulnerable moment and he just completely. kind of gave you kindness and compassion. Mm, completely. It, yeah. it is incredible and I think, you know, lots of little experiences, you know, they all build up into 
learning and growth and development and they all compound so to to think that you're to know everything and to have it all figured out you never will and it will be a, a cumulative effort and you know I think as you say people will come at this and these five questions with such different filters and different angles and different backgrounds and histories and you know uh, careers and all of that and it's about picking and choosing so for anyone listening it is about picking and choosing what resonates with you um and if you feel like yeah that's me that's how you know it resonates with you and that's how you know it is kind of the path (laughs) and and the advice to then follow um because there will be so many people that tell you different things and and that is amazing that's diversity of thought that's beautiful but it won't be for everybody yeah absolutely 100 percent agree so, Erin, how would people, if they were listening to you uh, on the podcast today, how would they make contact with you if they were interested in Firesoft people or in um, Intelligent? What, how would they make contact with you? What would be the I best am approach? all over LinkedIn <laughs> as a recruiter. LinkedIn. Yes, as a recruiter, of course, that's where I live. Um, my, you know, I, I think the best thing to do is definitely reference this podcast. My inbox is often very very full um <laughs> so definitely in reference the podcast um but yeah certainly get in touch i would love to have a chat one of my favorite things to do particularly is is talk people through and again which is what i love to do with my team so i'm in the midst of these reviews and i love these coaching sessions but i do love to talk about growth and opportunities and different career paths and ways of um finding out what it is you love because ultimately that is the secret sauce um so yeah I'd, I'd welcome it that'd be great awesome okay fabulous i might put your linkedin i might i might just put a bit of a summary yep. of that in the show notes so that if totally um they can look at the show notes when your podcast goes live okay, okay. um excellent so thank you for spending time with me today i've really enjoyed it. i really appreciate it i love the different perspectives of hearing you know hearing what you've got to say and that, and it makes me you know kind of excited for for the young people coming through it definitely free advice from Yay. from people who are <laughs> successful and have be kind of it's not that far long ago you know you mm. definitely I'm looking at you you definitely don't look as old as me <laughs> oh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how old you are but I'm just saying you look you, uh, you look pretty good so I'm going to say, you know, you're not that, you know, you have clearly got quite a bit of experience. You've been operating your business now for nearly a decade, Um, but you've, you know, it it was probably a little bit more recent, I'm going to suggest, than my experience of coming out of out of school and into the workplace so (laughs) (laughs) well look I don't know but ultimately at the end of the day I think it's 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 not even about it is it it's not about age it's really about how much you seek growth that's it um and you can do that fast track or you can do that the long way it's cool either way really (laughs) absolutely look um, I'm a fan I'm like you I'm a firm believer in lifelong learning you know I think you know until I'm in the grave I've got something to learn so um, absolutely Oh, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate oh, it. It's welcome. great chat. It's been a blast. Thank you very it's much. Been. Um, okay, <laughs> listen, so, listeners. So let's. Uh, I know you might be clapping there, or you know, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm officially on behalf of all of you thanking Erin for her time today um, in joining our podcast. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So, listeners, as I've mentioned before, I'm really positive and optimistic about our younger generation. They have a view of the world that's entrepreneurial um, and, a po- and positive culture focused. 
based on things like community contribution, communication, passion and broader purpose, whether they're young people with degrees or they left school at 16 and found gainful employment, following a different path, all of those pathways add so much value to the communities in which we live. Um, doing interviews like this one with Erin uh, really help build excitement and hope for the future. I realise that we don't all see the world in the same way. And for some of the older generations who might be listening like baby boomers or like me as a Gen Xer, sometimes we hear perspectives of young people and we feel like they complain and that their complaints are representative of being impatient or not taking on board the perspective of others. I so, so, so enjoy taking on really thinking about and considering the different perspectives. And as I've said from my, in, when I've been interviewing other guests, um, everybody has a different filter and a different perspective. And so their answers to these same questions have all been so diverse from, from every single episode, right from the beginning of season one. So I encourage you, if this is the first episode you're listening to, or one of the first, if you get time, go back and have a listen to some of the earlier episodes. Um, the same sort of questions, but so many diverse ideas. And I think that all bundles into lifelong learning. And it also bundles in to that, um, those skills and competencies around emotional intelligence, uh, where we are considering the perspectives, perspectives of others. We're able to see things broader than our own filter. Um, and we're able to learn from other people no matter what their age, everybody, whether, that we're, whether they're a different age or generation, whether they're from a different culture, whether they're from a different gender, whether whatever they're, um, wherever they're from and whatever their background um, and their perspective of life, we can learn something from everyone. So that growth mindset is all about keeping our minds open. So I'm so grateful for Erin taking time out of her super busy schedule to speak with me and be my guest today on our Dare to Care podcast. Whether you're, you're a young person who's already entered the workplace or you're preparing to enter the workplace or as an employer of uh, younger generations, or can I tell you what, just people in general, um, or even as a parent of a young person who might be preparing to go um, into the workplace, we can be really excited and look forward to what the future holds. And I think an important takeaway for me is, as always, to be aware of my own positive mindset, um, the vibe I give out and that whole idea of positive influence of, of our younger gens, our youth, um, to follow their dreams because dreams are the food of goals um, and possibilities. Finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please give our Dare to Care podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify or you can stream us live from our website at dare to care with a T-O, daretocare.com.au forward slash podcast. Um, if you've got questions or comments about our episode, please, um, you can leave those comments on our Facebook, our podcast Facebook page, which you will find on Facebook at Dare to Care Podcast, but with a two, Dare number two, Care Podcast. That's where you'll find us on Facebook and either leave a comment or send us a private message. We love and truly appreciate your feedback. 
I am very focused on continuous improvement. So if you're happy, satisfied and want to give me some ideas um, or want to give me some ideas about how to make the podcast better, please message me. Uh, Thank you for listening. I'm Susan Judd. And until our next episode, how are you going to dare to care? Thank you for listening to the Dare to Care podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or find out more about HR culture and Dare to Care by going to hrculture.com.au. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 